And welcome back, everybody, to uh, Space Suplex Podcast. This is episode 41, and I am Matt, and with me is Mike. How you doing? Pretty good. And his um, pretty good uh, mean, should mean more than pretty good. It should mean pretty great, because we just got done watching NXT TakeOver War Games. Now, whether it's 2, No 2, or The Year, who knows? Everyone's confused. But it is the second War Games match they had. They had the last first one last year. That was awesome. And uh, this one is pretty damn good too. So um, I guess just a real quick uh, overall feeling of those this second War Games match. So did you like this one or last or the last year's one more? I actually I think they're about the same quality for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think they're both really good. I'm asking the ratings man over here because I don't do ratings and so I don't really know what the I just know what I like and that's all I say. Did someone say ratings? You got the ratings, Mike? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Sweet. Ratings man. Ratings man here. <laughs> okay. Um, but first, let me start off with some downer news. Well, it's, I guess it's more like, haha, I told you so type of news. But since uh, we've been talking recently about WB and Saudi Arabia's bullshit and all that stuff being tied up into the uh, Jamal Khashoggi murder, uh, this was um, something I read on ProStressing.com because that's where I go to get all my hard-hitting murder news. <laughs> uh, let's read this paragraph here. On it, uh, John Pollock reports, says, on Friday, the Washington Post reported, so he reports what the Washington Post reports, <laughs> of the CIA findings that have led to the conclusion that Saudi Arabia's crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, ordered the assassination of dissident journalist Kamal, Jamal Khashoggi, and there's where I have to say, told you so, told you so, all right? I say, um, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, exactly. That they were too, so because... bad at covering up. It was and it looking just nobody's even trying anymore. No, no, they weren't even not even our even, government. They weren't even trying to uh, to cover it up, in my opinion. I mean, they did kind of try, but if you just look even the slightest at the details and what they said versus what you, what the evidence was, it's like no, you fucking did it. It's really obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's continue here. It says. Um, Khashoggi, who was killed in the Saudi consulate in Turkey last month, it was the first agency to come out connecting Bin Salman to the murder and would be the latest example of size officials and their story contradicting contradicted by intelligence. In their findings, the CIA stated that there was a phone call made by Bin Salman's brother, uh, who served as the ambassador to the country to the United States. Uh, the phone call from him to Khashoggi was said to have concluded his assurance that Khashoggi would be safe going to the Saudi consulate to secure the document he needed for his pending marriage. Well, obviously that didn't happen, now did it? That was a lie. Uh, and the last sentence here says that he uh, he is denying that the phone call ever happened. <laughs> of course he is. Good one. We'll believe that right when I'm dead. Okay. So I'm not dead, so it's not believing. So that's all there is to say on that. 
Just want to get that those facts out there. Um, I'll get that shit off my screen. Go to something much more interesting. Takeover War Games. With the uh, main event being Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and the War Raiders versus Unspeeded Era. Four and four. Can't wait. I loved every second. Um, <laughs> so... The show started off with, um, surprisingly, because we thought we were getting this next week on the TV, but apparently they didn't even tape it for TV. Because I thought, because Matt Riddle comes out and he's all bro. <laughs> and uh, you, you can you can chime in any time with your bro if you want. Bro. There you go. <laughs> and he gets in the ring, he kicks off hey, his sandals. It's hey, great. can I do it too? Must you? Bro. <laughs> I guess we got a side character over here. What's your name, sir? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> well, get back to me with it, because I need to. I need to cuss you out some, and I need a name for that. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so, so anyways, Maverick comes down and he talks about how. Oh yeah, I was. We're gonna take do a, a match on, on this coming. Wednesday, but we could just do it right now or some shit, you know, basically that. And then Cashizono's music hits, and then he comes out and says, "Oh, you don't know, you've never, you're too good, like, I, like you're not good enough for war games or whatever, or for I mean, for takeover events and shit." But then they both agree to fight each other right then and there. And I was glad because I was, I was kind of wanting this on the card as it was. Uh, but apparently they didn't, from what I read, he, read that they didn't actually tape their match because this was it right here. It was just Riddle hitting a flying knee and pinned Ono in six seconds. Uh, I mean, I guess it's fine, whatever, you know. I wasn't expecting it, so anything's good, I guess. But it's just, uh, I kind of really wanted to see a more competitive match, kind of like what we saw uh, in Riddle's debut. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually... Uh... I wasn't like disappointed because it wasn't promised this match to begin with, right? But maybe that's the, why. At the same, yeah, because usually I I don't like, you know, five six second matches. I think they're stupid and pointless, and why ever do them? But and I still feel that way. But at the same time, whatever. I guess you know they didn't promise me we we're gonna have a yeah. Just chill out, match. man. Just relax, relax, bro. <laughs> I it's know. all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave it one star because it's not really much of a match. Uh, it's not. Just, just calm down, bro. It's, <laughs> hey, it's a one star match, bitch. <laughs> bro. Well, next time, watch you fucking actually have a match. Then it won't That's be one right. star. And I'm sure it will be. Um, so let me go into our first match. Go ahead and cap it up. So uh, it was the women's NXT, the NXT Women's Championship match. It was best out of three falls. Um, it was Shayna Baszler defending against Kyrie Sane. Uh, Baszler. Maybe successful. we should just mention hmm? who we uh, picked first. Oh yeah, the uh, we have predictions. Um, Always. Yes. I didn't do so good. He did pretty good. He did pretty good. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. You did pretty good. Uh, so, well, I tend, I actually ended up uh, 
saying we both predicted Riddle for the first one. Okay, that's fine. Just for the hell of it. I mean, I actually kind of did. I actually did uh, think that was going to happen on the the show, but then it was never scheduled. But I was thinking, if it comes up, that's who I'm going to pick. And it, that's yeah. uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, this match, um, I predicted Kyrie Sane and Matt predicted Shayna Baszler would, would retain. And Matt got the win on this one. <laughs> uh, because Shayna Baszler did indeed retain with a lot of help from her compatriots, similar, somewhat similar to the last time that they fought at Evolution and Baszler retained there, or I'm sorry, won the title back there. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I like, I like like that one girl's name, Jessamine. That's a cute name. Oh, isn't it? That's uh, a wonderful name. It's fun to say. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I, uh... I gave this one three stars out of five. I thought it was not the and best. You should have let had. me tee up. You should let me tee up ratings, man, before you do it. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Next time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my job, you dumb motherfucker. Calm hey, down there, bitch. Is that his name, bitch? What, what? If you want to call him <laughs> that, it's not really his name. <laughs> it's Jeremy, and I'm the ratings guy. Yeah. Uh, yay. Hey, Jeremy, shut up, bitch. Fuck um, you, motherfucker. I'm going to come back here and I'm going to put the rating smack down on the other matches. I can't wait. Anyways, you were saying? So, <laughs> yeah, he gave it three out of three out of five. Anyway, um, I thought it was okay for the most part, but for a best of three falls match, it felt rushed. And... Because they really, did, they really yes. did rush that first one, especially, and so you know the the uh, I liked the uh, you know Io Shirai, you know doing her coming out and trying to take care of the help. And she came out had. after Dakota Kai, who's a part of Team Kick, whatever the fuck that means. She's captain of Team Kick, Matt. Are they? This is the 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 mystery of this is going on longer than who who hit Alistair Black. <laughs> At least that's got a storyline that was worth it. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a it'll probably never be answered like the driver of the white Hummer was in WCW it was never answered. That's right. Yeah, because there is no mystery match. She's just the captain of one of one, the team team of one. That's not a team. Well, they have never identified another another person in the team, so I assume it's a team of one. <laughs> well, they don't know what the definition of team is. I might have to look it up for them. I guess not. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's like this theoretical uh, team kick. You know, everyone who likes kicks around the world is part of team kick. It's like dumb. that kind of stupid bullshit. I don't. No, I don't want that. <laughs> so is that her? Is that her? Is that her name for her fans? Like the fans are team kick. Maybe. <laughs> That's weird because they never know. say that. So I know. That doesn't make any sense. I know. Anyway, Yoshirai. When she came out, she had the probably the best looking moonsault ever. Yeah, the real BME. Right. I'm sorry, but it. Sorry, yeah. Christopher Daniels. Yeah, sorry, Christopher Daniels, but it is definitely better <laughs> than yours. You used to have the best. Now, now you gotta take a rest. This is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and uh, Baszler's uh, a pinning attempt after Kyrie Sane's insane elbow, as they call it. Uh. 
you know, she she went for it, and as she landed it, uh, Baszler turned it into a a pinning pinning predicament that got her the win, which was interesting. Uh, yep, and I was I was like, oh man, I lost that one, and then she turns it into where she got the three count. I was like, yes. <laughs> And I was literally picking these as they were coming into the ring, so yeah, I'm pretty good at on the fly picks. <laughs> because, what well, I also based it on what I've heard people like, what their reasonings for why they were picking or why they thought someone might win. Um, they had some people were, were saying, well, if um, if Marina Schaffer and Jessamine Duke are going to be with her, and they're not nearly anywhere near ready of getting in ring for even their first match. Well, then they would do well to just second her to the ring, and they're not anywhere near ready for, you know, big time up mid car, you know, up, up in the big leagues type of shit. So, so basically, the whole thing was. You know, just she should. Re- I, so I was thinking she should retain, so she'll stay in NXT, and then they'll develop with her, even if they would rather her be up higher. So that's kind of how I picked it. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with the match. <laughs> well, Matt, the next match was that earlier alluded to uh, personal feud between Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano. Yep. We actually got a mystery solved on like Team Kick. Yeah. Um. So uh, they both came out to uh, like uh, Gargano was his uh he had different uh, style uh, as he usually does his gear is a little different to differentiate where he's face or heel or some shit. And even his video changed a bit because now it's not a nicely drawn little face with a wink and shit or whatever the fuck it's supposed to be. It just had this little evil grin shit on it. So I noticed that shit. And then uh, Aleister Black came out and he had these this vest that had all these horns poking out of it and shit and weird shit like that. And then his, uh, what was it like? One was one knee pad and el- one of the knee pads and the... And the shin pads were like gray, like a shiny gray. And then the other one was uh, black with all the uh, little bumps and shit on it. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was basically what we saw them come out with. It was kind of weird. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's just uh, we don't have to just rely on uh, the, the later in the show to... Uh, see uh, who uh, comes out with uh, the different gear, which is usually relied upon for Velveteen Dream to do. Well, we got this here, too. So that's that. And before we go into the match, my pick was Aleister Black. And my pick was Gargano. So you win again. Yes. And uh, what's uh, what's ratings man got for this match? Jimmy, the ratings man here gives it... Four stars out of five. Is that the only time he's talking? Thank God. <laughs> um, hey, shut up over there, you fuck. Wow. <laughs> Someone needs a punch in the mouth. Um, let's see. 
so we uh, got some amazing uh, moves here. Um, as and the striking was amazing. Like I was, I'm, I guess I'm into that because that uh, Suzuki Ishii match was that power struggle. So you know, I love that shit. Um, just big, big slaps and smacks and whatever. It's like every time they always like smack their leg with their hand to s simulate the actual hit of a kick, but despite I know how it's done, I still I still love to hear it, so it's great. Um, so there was all this stuff um, on the outside, and there, there that one part that you said, oh, he lawn darted him into the buckle during the match. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of funny because I'm reading uh, John Pollock's uh, you know, blow-by-blow blow type account, and uh, the sentence literally says, lawn dart. So, there you go. <laughs> so, he thought the same thing. Um, That's generally what they call it. I guess. Yes. Um, let's see. The ending was pretty fun. That uh, So, Gargano ate uh, Black Mass from, from uh, Aleister Black. And then um, he uh, just held him up with his chest, just like just like leaning against him, like not gonna do it. And then uh, I didn't hear what he said to him very well. I don't know if you knew what he said. No, I didn't hear it very well at all. But apparently he said, "I will, I absolve you of your, all your sins." And then he hit the second black mass for the win. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so I went 18 minutes. That was great. Um, just, just great all around. It's kind of hard to, I don't have many other words for it. Just fantastic match. Totally. Probably my match of the night. Would that, would you say the same or no? Uh, no, I think, uh, there was a later one that was definitely more than this one was, uh, in fact, two matches I liked more for better. And that might be the other two on the card. Oh, it might be. Okay. Just might be. Um, but uh, this one was very good, and uh, if it just had a bit of extra oomph to it, I'm not sure what I mean by that, because this was very good. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah. You it know was... it when you see it. But, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was a fantastic match. Uh, definitely keeping that bar quality high for these takeovers, like yep. they always do. The next match was Tommaso Ciampa defending the NXT title against Velveteen Dream. Uh, we both picked Ciampa, I believe. That's correct. Ciampa. Yep. Ciampa. Is that how you say it? Ciampa. Ciampa. I'm always saying it wrong. Um, Ciampa. <laughs> so, uh, what's the ratings man got? Jeremy in a rating van gives it five stars out of five. All right, then. Uh, so, Dream came out dressed as Hollywood Hogan era stuff like uh nwo uh stuff like uh what was his shirt it was the nwo style shirt it's but an it, o the initials? It, yeah it was an nwo logo basically but it the letters were ova and then right under it said dream over oh okay and then uh he had the he had the uh bandana around his head holding up his hair i guess well, you know, froes don't need held up, but you know. <laughs> and then uh, uh, and it said Hollywood on it, and he had that shirt we mentioned, and he had the, his tights were the black with the, uh, 
And a lightning bolt down the side. <laughs> That's right, brother. And he had, I guess, repainted uh, what looked to be his eyes on the back of his tights. Uh, and the other side on the same side on the front was just said dream. And then he had the typical, I think those boots he's had before. Even though they fit the costume. Um, so yeah, and Champa, Champa, I'll get it right eventually. I'll chomp that out of my thing. Um, <laughs> God, I, I'm terrible. I don't really care. Just say how you want. Uh, whatever. Well, I heard people Tommaso, say that, so now it's my turn. It's my turn. Tommaso Champa came out just as normal tights, and you know, uh, no one will survive. So you know. Um, Everyone, of course, was in the dream because you know he's he's dreamy and and uh, <laughs> and they did some uh, Hogan mannerisms and whatnot. And uh, in fact, the dream eventually did the whole pointing at him and saying "you," and eventually uh, uh, did three leg drops after a big boot and stuff like that. Hey, and, it's called atomic leg drop. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it? If he's doing the Hogan thing, that's what it's called. Atomic leg drop. That's right. Atomic. Yeah. What's atomic about it? I don't know. Uh, it goes off the ropes. That's the atomic part. Oh, that's the atomic it part? Very it very leisurely you... goes off the ropes. It gives you the atomic power? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Excuse me. Um, so then we... Uh, let's see... There's a Death Valley driver, driver for a near fall. Um, I don't even know. I don't even. I, I can't remember what it is because he's not saying what it is here. He's just calling it by its name. Uh, when Champa caught him with a flying knee and hit Project Champa. What is that? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know? Um, that's the. Uh, that's the thing where it's basically a backstabber. Oh, okay. But I think okay. it's on the front side. I can't remember. But either way, it's with the knees and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I guess I'll it's, I I guess it's basically uh, the code breaker, I think. Maybe right. it's a little different, but, you know. Yeah, it's but it's like roughly that. the same move. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, that's cool. At least I know what to look for now. <laughs> and then when I hear him say, oh, Project Champa, or Champa, what the fuck ever, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I corrected my correction into an incorrection, but anyways. Um, oh, I just want to say something real quick about the death valley driver yeah that's actually because he does the cartwheel variation that he always does and that's the uh-huh. one he's talking about there uh-huh. they actually start they actually started calling it the dream valley driver oh really him. okay yes that sounds good um let's see then it was drawing moves right boot uh grabbed the title from the official who took it away and Dream hit a swing DT right onto the belt, which we thought would probably help him win, but it didn't. Um, you know, we both picked Champa to win, but we're still going ar 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 biting on that shit. Um, <laughs> um, it was like I was seriously like these last two matches, like this one specifically. I, even though I picked Champa to win, I was still like I'll be glad to be wrong. I don't mind. <laughs> uh. Let's see. Uh, when after Champa exposed the cement floor, uh, he set up a draping DT, but then of course Dream tackled Champa over the announce table. 
Ronaldo called him an SOB, and that's, I guess, why he threw uh, whatever he threw at him or something. I um, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't remember hearing that part. If I'm yeah, I didn't that. hear it either. I didn't hear it either. So, uh, Dream Capitalist being a uh, the Dream Valley driver. I'll just give you that this time. On the exposed floor and the purple rainmaker in the ring for the biggest near fall. Um, but then the uh, steel partition in the middle of the two rings is what was landed on. The Dream landed on that via DT from Champa. To get the win, mm-hmm. uh, it was 22 minutes roughly. That was a pretty fucking good match. Yeah, it went on a lot longer than I thought. Uh, it had a lot better near falls than I was expecting, and these two just hit it out of the park for me. It was really, really good. Fucking match of the night, in my opinion. Yep. Um. Then we got the War Games match. Ricochet, Pete Dunn, uh, War Raiders, and then against Unspeedera, Adam Cole, Roddick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. There was a five-minute period for the first two, and then three minutes every, every for every entry after that. And we started off with Ricochet against uh, Adam Cole. Um, but before we get into the match itself, what uh, we we both picked Undisputed Era, is that correct? That's right. All right. We're both wrong. <laughs> That's also correct. <laughs> I was okay with that, though. I was okay with that. I didn't expect it. Uh, so what was the uh, match rating here that you gave it? The match rating is four and a half stars out of five. Good. Last time we got to hear that little shit. <laughs> Motherfucker, shut up! <laughs> I'll come over there and kick your ass. Anyways. I'd like to see you try! Ow, motherfucker! Yep. You hurt me. Yeah. I'm going to go to the hospital now. See you yeah, later. Don't yeah, get, no, don't see me later. <laughs> 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 um... So it was uh, a bit uh, back and forth, and then we got that beautiful springboard European uppercut from one ring to the other by Ricochet. That was, as you were doing it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It was beautiful. Um, And then Kyle Riley came in. uh, He was the, because they had the uh, advantage to uh, who was going in next, so they always got their guy first. Um, and uh, there was an Igoroshi, or how you say it? Ushigoroshi. Ushigoroshi, uh, performed by Cole onto the knee of O'Reilly. Uh, then there was this thing where once the other team got their, uh, had their pick for their guy to come, uh, they were always denying Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn, my boy, would always try to go, but uh, War Raiders would constantly stop him from getting down there because assholes and everything. Uh, <laughs> denying me my man. Uh, so, <laughs> the man that does it for me. <laughs> and then, so Hanson ran down, you know, and uh, he uh, did a sequence and continuous clotheslines the opposite corners. 
You want to chime in there and tell him what you were doing during that? <laughs> I was going, he's going back and forth, and I'm like, mm, as he was running, stop. you would go, yeah. <laughs> as he's running, Mike would go, mm, and then when he hit him, he go bop, because his name's Hanson. If you don't know what we're it's talking really about, it's really funny, look it up. you know. It, it was, especially how long it ridiculously went on. Yeah, I didn't expect him to go that many times. I was expecting, like, <laughs> eventually it's going to end real soon here, and it just kept going. So you just kept doing it? Yes, I kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so then there was a, the fourth entrant was Roderick Strong, and he came in, and Mike was like, give me some backbreakers, baby. Uh, and he, he wasted did, no actually, time. He wasted no time attacking Ricochet. Several backbreakers on a knee, then hit the end of Heartache, which I'm not sure what that is. You know what that is? I can't explain to you because I like ha- I just, off the top of my head, it's hard to explain. Okay. Anyways. Um, it's another backbreaker you'd be surprised to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's another backbreaker. Another variation. <laughs> um, yep. So then... Uh, then when after he came in, then the next entrant was uh, Pete Dunn was trying to get in again, and Ray Rowe from uh, War Raiders decided to no, you're not going again, so deny me again, uh, and that wouldn't be the end of the of the denials apparently, <laughs> even though he's the last one in that uh, you know to come in. So um, so we'll hit up. Um, Power bomb and power slam combo on Strong and Riley together, and then finally, uh, let's see. Then Undisputed Era's last guy, Bobby Fish. He at, before he came in, he actually went over, used his lock to lock to to apply an additional lock to the cage that was containing Pete Dunn, my boy, and he took the key, dangled it from him, and then threw it out to the crowd. So further uh, denying me once the time comes, fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then he went in there and uh, he brought chairs into the ring that had the Undisputed Era logo on it for some reason, allowing O'Reilly to play his guitar. Um, (laughs) That's what we've all been waiting for. That's right. And then, uh, of course, wailing away on everybody with those chairs. And for some reason, during the time of when he locked uh, extra extra secured uh, Pete Dunne in his cage, um, they didn't think to just try to get him out of there beforehand. Like, oh, let's try to figure out how we can get him out before the time that he has to get out. No, the referees just stood there with a the thumb of their ass. And then, and then <laughs> when it when it came time, they sit there and they unlock the one pad. And they use that same key to unlock the other pad. Of course, it doesn't work. And they're going, oh, it might work or it doesn't work. <laughs> like, no shit, Sherlock. And then this, uh, one of the other referees standing nearby goes and says, oh, I'll go back. And, of course, that's when they get the bolt cutters. And they come out and they cut the bolts. And the last bit of the bolt flies off in spectacular fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then my boy gets to go into the cage. And uh, so he comes down. And... Uh, he basically is, uh, he treats, um, what was it? Uh, so he, he uses a candlestick first uh, against uh, Adam Cole. And then he, uh, and then, um, he was uh, Kurt Henning to, uh, to um, 
Roderick Strong being uh, being Ric Flair back in I think '96, where uh, and he slammed the door on his head uh, on the Strong's head, and then uh, and then brought some more hardware like some tables, got a direction for that. Uh, Dunn started doing more uh, finger finger fun with uh, uh, O'Reilly, and then got into the, finally got in the ring, and that's when we got this huge. Uh, uh, seven out of eight people, uh, guys in the match, uh, doing this ridiculous spot eventually. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, some are suplex, some are just powerbombed. But it's all done at the same time. And then Ricochet was still up there. So he did this crazy-ass, uh, what did he do? A shooting star press? Off the top? Some you fun. mean off the cage? Yeah. When he was When it was into the other seven? Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a it was a Ford somersault, like you know, like a 450. Okay. I don't yeah. know why he says calls it a a moonsault. Is that what he called it here? What do you call it? I don't know what he called it. <laughs> You're looking at it too. A oh, double moonsault uh, is what he calls yeah, it. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he didn't go backwards at all. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you know, whatever. Right. It's you know, he spun two whole times around and uh seemed to uh basically seemed to to hit hit it just perfectly so that no one got hurt at all i mean right. that's the way it looked to me <laughs> i don't know how you do that you know doing this fucking crazy ass spot but he did it yeah seemed. and then the ending um was uh at, uh in, in, in involved um pete dunn and, and adam cole uh Cole uh, countered the bitter end uh, finisher with a DT hitting an Uguro. Say it again. Ushiguroshi. Ushiguroshi. I don't know what the fuck I'm wrong with me tonight. <laughs> and then went into the last shot for a near fall. Uh, and then and after that, uh, quickly after that, Pete Dunn actually hit the bitter end. And I'm sitting here whispering to Mike, he's done, son. He's done. And then off the, out of the corner of the screen comes Ricochet in mid-flight with a 450 splash. And I'm like, he's done. He's totally done now. And I'm thinking that's not true. I'm just saying this. I'm and Mike's buying it. Like I already know the end, ending to it, which I didn't. <laughs> Turns out that was the end. One, two, three, and the uh, face team, Pete Dunn, Ricochet, War Raiders win the match. And I was shocked because I was not expecting it at all. So we both uh, mispredicted that one. Indeed. So. uh yeah. Good stuff. Um, it was definitely uh, my worthy, other favorite event. My other most favorite match. <laughs> yes. So I put both the last two on my list for the year. All you know. So now I end, I end it with uh, adding more matches because I know how to watch great wrestling all the time, and so to where I now have. It's the same way you watch bad wrestling, Mike. It's not much different. I know, but I know how to. You just know, the only know. difference is one you've got. Your favorite like beverage. The other one, you've you probably got some ridiculously uh, butt slamming alcohol so that you can forget what you watched. <laughs> it just depends on what you're holding. That's all. <laughs> so I put those on my list. So I, for the year, as I, I'm calling it now, because it's over with, it's done. 2018, I have 40 matches on my on my best of the year list. The stuff I've watched. This is just stuff I watch. Most of it, of course, is from New Japan 
and NXT because that's all I really watch mainly. But sometimes if I hear about something, oh, hey, this uh, great match happened at Hell in a Cell. Go watch it. Okay, I did. And then I put that one on my list too. That was number 35. But, you know, the tag team, <laughs> Raw Tag Team Championship match at Hell in a Cell. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, outside of, you know, one-offs like that, once in a while I hear hear about it through the trees and the bees, you know. <laughs> yeah. Then I, t- I tend to just stick, tend to be just matches from those two play- other places. So, yeah. It's been a wonderful year for great wrestling. If you just watch good wrestling, you'll just get good wrestling, you know. That's what I've learned. <laughs> you tend to, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so... I gave this uh, this event a B plus. It's my lowest rated takeover, which isn't saying anything. <laughs> it really doesn't. It really doesn't mean anything. It's like whatever. It's all fucking the best. Uh, real quick, I since you don't know the results, and I'll just run them down real quick because we didn't watch Survivor Series, but I'll just run down the results anyway. For the hell of it, um, I did watch. I did read the. Uh, John Pollock's uh, other article uh, going down blow by blow and shit. So, but I won't really bother with it here. Um, I'll just say who won: uh, Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Bailey, and Sasha Banks defeated. Uh, uh, that was the Team Raw women's match, and mm-hmm. uh, defeated the SmackDown team of Naomi, Carmella, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and Mandy Rose. That went 18 minutes. Uh, that didn't sound good. Uh, <laughs> though they, though I do, I, if I do think of things that I read from his uh, more detailed explanations of the show, I will mention it. Like here, they're actually playing up the whole Nia Jax inadvertently bloodying uh, uh, with the way she punched uh, Becky Lynch, which would oh. be good. Hmm. So they're calling her. They're actually apparently going to call her the facebreaker now. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. That's good. You know, there's stuff to like. It's just not everything. Uh, so, yeah. And, in uh, fact, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Uh, Nia Jax was the only person to win, to end up lasting on her team. So, that's to keep her strong for the eventual clash between those two. Um, then we had Seth Rollins, current Intercontinental Champion, defeating United States Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, twenty-one fifty is what that went. Can't say I'm surprised to hear that. That that's how it went. Yeah, I'm not really surprised, but from what I, the details I read, which I know is what you'll need to ease your pain. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see what I got here. Um, I'll just say what I'll just read what he said at the end. He said it took a while to get going, to hit the groove, but late in the match, and it turned into a very strong one. Uh, I thought it. He says, I thought it was Nakara's best match in a long time, but that's not saying much because, you know, he's not been put in a position to have any matches, really, let alone good ones. Yeah. So, uh, and the audience got invested after the Kinshasa near fall, um, which happens when, um, let's see, last last paragraph of the actual match, blow-by-blow stuff, it says, Nakamura misses the Kinshasa temp, Kinshasa attempt and took the ripcord knee that 
and Nakamura kicked out. Uh, Rollins missed a frog splash and took the Kinshasa to the back of the head for a big near fall. He went for another and was hit with a super kick. Rollins missed with a stomp on his first try, avoided a Kinshasa, and then hit the stomp for the pin. So, sounds like a good match. Yeah, sounds pretty honest. good. Um, so he said, yeah, easily the best match that at that point because he didn't, you know, he was doing it as the show was going on. Anyways, um, so back to the matches. Uh, next match was uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions uh, AOP because apparently Authors of Pain is too much to say anymore. Apparently. Um, they're seconded by their manager, Drake Maverick. Uh, those of TNA slash Impact uh, uh, audience might know him as uh, Rockstar Spud, so that's who that was. And... They defeated the the bar Cesaro and Sheamus, who was accompanied by with Big Show for some reason. <laughs> Wait, what now? Yeah, Big Show's uh, with Cesaro and Sheamus for some reason. Okay, that makes no sense. <laughs> Never does. Um, that only went nine minutes, but that's expected. I don't think AOP should go much longer than that, to be quite honest. Um. Then Buddy Murphy def- defended the Cruiserweight title against Mustafa Ali. 12 minutes. Uh, then we had the last 5-on-5 match. It was Raw defeating SmackDown. Ziggler, McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, uh, Bobby Lashley defeating uh, Miz, Shane McMahon, because you know, he has to be in every big match. We can't give it to an actual person that would benefit. Of course um, Rey Mysterio, Samojo, and Jeff Hardy. I was reading this stuff as well, but blow by blow, and I was pissed off because he was literally the last person in there on his team because, you know, who cares? <laughs> uh, the survivors were uh, Strowman, McIntyre, and Lashley. Uh, the biggest uh, crime was that Samojo was, was uh, knocked out of the match in 35 seconds. He was the first one to go. So that sucked. Um, so yeah, just overall sucks. Joe's out in 35 seconds and Shane McMahon's the last out in 24 minutes. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> ah, anyways, um, so before I get really boiled for the brains, I'll just fucking move on. Uh, Ronda Rousey defeated Charlotte Fair by disqualification. Um, this actual blah, blah, blah match was uh, 14 minutes. It's actually really interesting to read because of what they did during the match to get the people on the side of Charlotte Flair because, you know, her being the replacement that Becky Lynch was normally going to do this match. And the chance for Becky started. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Charlotte elbowed uh, Rousey in the face and she began to bleed. Uh, Rousey attempted the uh, Suzuki armbar in the ropes. I'm assuming you know what that is. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I don't. Okay. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, Rousey climbed to the top and was knocked down. Then she fought off. And uh, from the top, Turnbuckle rolled Charlotte. And, uh, it was all bullshit. Um, let's see. Let's see where the interesting thing comes in. Rousey hits. Rousey hits the Piper's Pit. I guess they gave it a name now. Standing reverse Kata Gamora. Uh, 
Charlotte went to the floor and was recovering. Ramsey chased and attacked her with a candlestick for disqualification. Uh, and then she continued to attack Ronda after the match. Uh, and then the, the sum up, uh, John Pollock says, uh, this was a terrific match. With a, with a weak ending, as they didn't want to be either, Charlotte snapped and tried to use a chair, but was stopped by the referee. She returned to the ring and hit the natural selection onto the chair after the match. The crowd chanted yes and started enjoying this a lot. Charlotte attacked the ref, referees and received a bigger reaction. She placed a chair on Rousey's neck and stomped it. Uh, they started started to chant, thank you, Charlotte. <laughs> so there you go. I guess that's how you make sure people like Charlotte now. Um, let's see. So that's that's very interesting. And then we had the main event. Uh, was Brock Lesnar defeating Daniel Bryan. Uh, surprising no one. <laughs> no, surprising no one. In fact, that's another interesting point where uh, Bryan, they early on, I forget. Well, it was the usual. There was the usual like Lesnar like dominating bullshit. In fact, it had the audience started chanting same old shit. Uh, sure was. <laughs> and now it's he immediately less uh or oh, sorry. Uh, John Pollock immediately says after he says the what they were chanting, he's at Lesnar. Uh, he says it went on forever. Now, what does he mean by that? Does he mean the same old shit went on forever, or the chant of same old shit went on forever? I'm assuming this actual same old shit went on forever. <laughs> it's so annoying when he does that shit. Uh, you know, same old shit. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's nothing else I'm really worried about. It's the same old shit. Um, no point in recapping it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that went on like 18 minutes. So that's that's very serious for you. Uh, didn't Didn't sound very good at all. Except for the uh, reaction to Charlotte Flair at the end of that mat, her match, and uh, the uh, the obvious, most likely, I, I don't have to watch it. The match tonight, of course, was wrong to Makamura. I don't have to see it to know that. <laughs> so anyways, overall, what? Probably. Yep, definitely. See, I, I had really good predictions, so this is another prediction. So there you go. Don't need to, don't need, don't need to doubt me. <laughs> So, uh, anything else? Because uh, that'll do it for me. Uh, yes. I have yeah. plenty more. You have plenty more? What do you mean you have plenty more? Well, bitch? we we have plenty more. What do you mean, we? Well, we have our awards for we have the year awards. of 2018. We're doing that now? <clears throat> of course we are. What the fuck? I wasn't prepared for this. Why wouldn't we do it now? I told you we were, Matthew. <laughs> oh, are we? That's right, Matthew. Mm-hmm. But before that, I just wanted to say, uh, talk about my wrestlers of the year. The tallies are done. Things are over. And we have the wrestler 2018, Matt. We Which, do? Yes, we do. We absolutely do. And he is indeed the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. <laughs> All right. 
because how it works for me at least this time around is that if someone had a match I wanted to put on my favorite matches of the year list, then everyone involved, win or lose, gets a point. And that's how it works. And then the most points at the end of the year wins. He had 10 points. And no one else came close enough. Uh, number two was Kota Ibushi with seven points, which is a decent amount away. So, silver medal, Kota, silver. <laughs> uh, number three for me is Will Ospreay at six points. Number mm-hmm. four is Hiromu Takahashi at five. And then the, we have others at five points as well. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly at five points at number five. Roderick Strong at number six with five points. Johnny Gargano at number seven with four points. Uh, Kazuchika Okada with four points at number eight. Tomohiro Ishii at number nine with four points. And at number 10, uh, squeaking it in there at the last second, a Velveteen Dream with four points. Mm. <laughs> to get in my top 10 for the year. Where's my boy? Your boy, Pete Dunn. He's yeah. at number 16 with three points. I'll take it. Uh, to round out the rest of them, because I actually have 44 listed on here. 44 yeah. wrestlers. No, we don't. We're definitely not going through them all. Don't you start. <laughs> you got your top 10 in. We found out where Dunn was. We're done. <laughs> Find out what Dunn is. Uh, we also have. Uh, so, so the awards. Yep. For the this awards. year. Well, we have one nominee for the first one here. Because it's the only one that would win this. And what? that's our No Apologies Award. <laughs> and the winner is the finest, Kona Reeves. <laughs> yeah. I do not apologize for liking that man. That's right. <laughs> Push this man more. Because we think it's funny. <laughs> it we is. need more of the finest. He'll make NXT the finest. Uh, I mean, admittedly, he's not that great, but 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 to us, he has an extra a, stupid appeal that we like. So it's great. Yes. Yep. Great theme. Hilarious. It's the best. You Overconfident. Mean, <laughs> you said the best. No, no, no. The finest. Come on, man. That's right. I forgot. The finest. So now we have our winners of the Go the Fuck Home Award. <laughs> and this the is the exact a, opposite of the No Apologies Award. That's pretty much right. <laughs> Where we don't want to just we don't want to just uh we don't just dislike what you do in the ring. We just don't want you on in front of our eyeballs anymore. Just literally go home, go away and go away. <laughs> and that would be picks like mine. Tai Chi, <laughs> he can take his damn microphone and bludge himself in the head with it, with his stupid, I don't know what he's doing, gothic, fucking uh, <laughs> idol, like, singer gimmick, because he always comes out to the ring, he has his theme, theme has lyrics on it that was probably, maybe it was him, the guy himself doing it, 
uh, but he doesn't sing it, but he tries to pretend that he's lip syncing it in real time. And it looks obviously fake. I mean, and he's just, it's got, it's a dumb microphone with a dumb fucking pole on it. It's just, why? And then he looks mostly freaking stupid and he's bad in the ring and just Tai Chi needs to go to fuck home. Just go to fuck home. I mean, it's it's really telling to me, or I don't know if it's telling, but it's just weird to me that uh, New Japan has such a great roster and this fucker's on it. <laughs> what is this? Why the fuck are you on it? <laughs> so also the Go Fuck Home Award is also Brock Lesnar. It's yes. Go fuck home. Please go to fuck home. You made your money. You don't need any more. You don't need UFC money. You don't need WWE money. You just need to go home. Just go to fucking back in your log cabin, mansion, whatever the in fuck in the it woods, is. and yep. just leave me alone. Go fuck Sable. Get out of here. Wait, they're married. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious to me. <laughs> you didn't know that? No. It's been a while. They've been married for a while. <laughs> well, she's talentless, just like he now is, unlike he used to be. So, yeah, just go to fuck home. Uh, we also just want to go to fuck home more to just the entirety of WWE main roster. Just go to fuck home. Just that company, you know? <laughs> I mean, you keep doing NXT. I mean, it's not like it changes anything because NXT ain't going to Saudi Arabia, you know? Good. And Vince McMahon, from everything I've ever heard, he doesn't even watch NXT, let alone look over it. So That's the reason it's not sucking. I know. <laughs> he's, he, to, as far as he's concerned, it doesn't even exist, which is great. Uh, <laughs> Less continue. he knows about the better. That's right. Which probably explains why he never knows how to use people when he gets them from from his own developmental brand. Right. Because he doesn't even know what the fuck they've been doing. Because like, I swear to God, if it's funny how to think about it. There's probably people that watch only the main roster shit. So, 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 those are sad pricks. Um, that they get here, they hear about these people coming up from this NXT brand that they don't watch. And they hear that it's a developmental brand or some shit. And then they see how they actually suck because they're not used well. And then so they just immediately assume, well, wow, they didn't they didn't learn much down there, did they? They must suck down there. You know, that's because that's understandable. You'd think that if you didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Failing to realize that that's when they did their best shit. And now they're up here floundering because people don't know how to book their ass. And this man doesn't know what's good. No, he's at a point where he don't, he don't give a shit. We already went over this anyway last episode, probably, with the, the whole, they got all this fuck you money that they don't care, if, they don't have to answer to you anymore. Nope. So. And uh, we also have, uh, well, if you want to, want to talk about NXTs when it comes to bad shit NXT, Go Fuck Home Award also applies to the Forgotten Sons. Oh, definitely goes home. Go the fuck home. Hey, Gunner, go home. <laughs> what's your real name what's your name here i don't know i don't care <laughs> go home do what your name says be forgotten <laughs> i forget about them on a weekly basis actually yeah when they show and up when, when they it... show up i'm like oh these guys oh i hate them oh i know i'm like oh yeah they're still around Fuck. i was living in my paradise without knowing you and then yeah. you reminded me you existed Ugh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> i'll do that and then there, yeah, I can't even keep them straight. The three of them, like who the fuck is who? I don't even know. Most of the time, though, surprisingly, I learned a little bit better this week. But uh, 
Bleh. Yeah, I don't want to. But... You don't want to. It's like, I don't want to get to know you. Go away. Be forgotten. Yeah, please. <laughs> also, another... Uh, Stay NXT... forgotten. Yeah, another NXT <laughs> reject needs to go the fuck home is Lacey Evans. Oh. So traditional. No. No. It's such a... Mainly, I, I mean, I don't know. If she had a different gimmick and wasn't what the fuck ever 1950s you know what the fuck ever she's trying to be <laughs> i'd be like maybe it'd be better but that's the problem you're, you're, i don't care i know this is all work i know it's not real but you know but it is real that some people think tradition is somehow a good a virtue yeah like no, it's like traditional, being traditional is just, is just, this is how things have been done in the past. And you're afraid of change. So you and, hide behind tradition. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's not a, it's not a positive or a negative. It's just a thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't impress me. <laughs> it's like <laughs> saying. not impress you, Mike? No, it's like saying, coming no. out saying, my favorite lollipop is grape. I'm like, I don't care. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> and then you know talking about how great that is like it's some kind of virtue it's not so we don't need to be reminding anyone about the 1950s there's nothing special there and your stupid awful look anyway and your and your even worse in-ring skills with your oh yeah oh yeah I forgot the last the, the chair on top of this shit Sunday of Lacey Evans and that is the women's rights it's just a finisher that's just a punch. With it's the right a, hand. With, with the right hand, of course. Because it's a really cute, cute pun. They, they, love love to, they love to tell you about that. They really do. And uh, what's funny is that I find it hilarious on, in a different way. That she has a finisher called the women's right. Which makes you think of women's rights and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then she's talking about how, and her character's all about how the traditional role of a woman, which is not so in that yay women type of thing. It's more of a suppressing them. So it's kind of weird. It's yeah, kind so of traditional. I can't get a credit card or <laughs> even vote. Is that, is that what we're talking about here? That's what That's they're talking about. talking about. That's how it comes off to me. See, I hate, I hate, I don't, hell, I just, I've said this before, probably, maybe even on the show, but you know what? If the big show can't sell me on a punch for a fucking finisher, <laughs> you're fucking not going to, and no one will. Okay, that's just how <laughs> that's it is. That's right. The only one I bought was The Power of the Punch by William Regal. Why? Because it wasn't just a punch, it was a punch with brass knuckles. Right. There's a difference there. and Plus, he was a heel, in addition, and you know he would slip it on and win with it. By you know cheating effectively, so I can accept that it's a little, it's a lot different. But here she's literally just throwing a punch. <laughs> Whoop de do. Mike, she winds up a little bit. Oh, does she? <laughs> like every other punch you threw, except those somehow didn't knock them out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, randomly didn't. All right, we got to move on. Let's move. No, no, we we can't move on. We got we got more. I got one no, more. I'm, for, I'm just saying, move on to the next person. I am. I am. 
All right, please. The last please one sure. of the Go Fuck Home, Go the Fuck Home Award is Yoshihashi from New Japan. His stupid colored hair, multicolored hair, is what do you, they call him. His nickname is the Headhunter. Like he's, I don't know what that exactly means, and as far as his gimmick is concerned, like he's some kind of like a, I don't know, vigilante that takes dudes out or something. I don't fucking know. But his look is stupid. His hair, especially, I just can't get over it. I saw his hair from like a number of years ago when it was, but I don't remember exactly what it looked like. I think it was all blonde or something. But he was still doing the same character, as far as I know. But it looked way better. This multicolored <laughs> crap gotta go. It's gotta go. He's actually not that bad in the ring, honestly. He's had some decent matches this year against certain people if they were actually good. But usually, I'm just never. When someone tells me Yoshihashi is in a match, I'm usually just like, eh. you know. So I don't know. I don't know. He, he's plays over. <laughs> he's basically uh, he's basically like a uh, Hiroki Goto, but unexciting. I don't know. A lot yeah. of the time. Like, he's less exciting. Like, Goto's not super exciting, but he's like a real, he's a real, uh, you know, stalwart that can put on, that's dependable for putting on good matches, usually. But, you know, he's kind of just that, but not, you know, so I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, most overrated award. Get three here. The first is Keith Lee. Yep. I'm sorry, everybody. But Keith Lee, not so good. Uh, he he has interesting moves and shit, and but I he didn't have any personality except for one moment when he was backstage against he was he wasn't even the focus on the the backstage segment. It was it was when they were setting up Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono, and he just happened to be back there and he just said something real quick at the end and stuff. That's, but he was actually bouncing off somebody else versus being by himself, which is what he was previous to that, and that's probably what helps him better. So he'd probably be better in a tag match. And I know some people, I know people that indie specialists and darlings are gonna say that he's actually good by himself. But okay, but he's got to show it because I'm not that impressed by him just holding up his arm with one hand and pointing them and doing a half. Uh, RVD thumbs to himself uh, for the other. I just, I'm not interested. And that stupid smirk, smirk. he does. Oh, God. That, that's the worst. What that's is that? Worst. Just constantly doing that? Like, yes. I don't understand it. So, we're not saying in this award to go fuck home. You can stay, Keith. You just got to be better. You got to live up to what everyone's claiming you are. And, uh, yeah, I've heard <laughs> a lot of people say good things about him, but I haven't right. seen it yet. And I've only watched him NXT, so I understand a little bit because... Basically, he's landed a few matches, and they've all been squash matches. And squash matches suck, and they don't show you anyone's character or their real abilities in the ring, in my opinion. So, I feel like he could grow in me still. He still has a chance because he has to. He has to actually be in a good match that is actually you know competitive with somebody yeah. that's not garbage. So, or at least it's not short and just squashy. So, I still hold out hope that he'll impress me, but. As far as 2018 is concerned, no, no, definitely not. No. <laughs> not compared to what I've heard. At least yeah. that's what I'm going to say. Also, most overrated. But we're keeping that crack of the door open for him. He might yeah, yeah. Work out next year. Absolutely. And he better because 2019 is when he's got to do that shining. So do it, son. <laughs> anyway, uh, mes- next most overrated is 
Juice Robinson. Oh my God, C.J. Parker, how you doing? That's right, C.J. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I was a nope. uh, so I didn't watch him when he was in NXT. You know, as C.J. Parker, as Matt keeps talking about here. <laughs> and uh, he likes to just call him that because he thinks it's funny. Same way. I like to call the other guy Gunner. You know? Yeah, exactly. So Old names. <laughs> yeah, old names. So I, I've i watched him only in, in New Japan. And I've only been watching New Japan since January 4th. And lots of people have grown on me. This guy kind of has, but kind of hasn't. Especially when he, he, I liked him more before he got the U.S. title, basically. And when he got the U.S. title, he held it for a small amount of time, maybe about a month or two. And during that time, most of that bulk of that time was he was in the, the G1 going on, and he just was on a big losing streak. And I know it all worked and whatever, but he just, I just didn't, I don't know. It made him look weak. It made him look crappy. He lost almost all of his matches. Uh, and it, I don't know, just, and even in those losses, I didn't really think much of him. So, so my, my actual opinion of him over the year went down. (laughs) (laughs) It started at fairly positive to now I'm just like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Those dreads don't do it for me. Sorry. Don't. Oh, Matt, those dreads are about the best thing he's got going right now. That's sad. I know, isn't it? I never liked him in NXT. The few times I saw him there before I started watching full time, and I don't like him now either. So there you go. And so when he lost the U.S. title, Cody, I was like, "Thank God." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have most overrated. Also, here is Zack Saber Jr. Oh, this is the one that if anyone it's more of a actually listen to this. Yeah, it is for me. And and if any if anyone actually listened to this show and people actually, you know, watch New Japan or wherever he is normally, it, they're probably going to massively disagree with me. But my biggest problem with him is he's too one note. Everything is a submission at all times, basically. <laughs> Chaining into more submissions. And that's fine to an extent. I understand it's a big part of what makes him different in the ring. And I can certainly appreciate that to an extent. But when that's all you're doing, it for me, doing a lot of submissions all the time, like he does, tends to do, feels a lot more one note, you know, no matter how different they are, than just doing a bunch of slams. So it's basically because the you 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 feel that the uh, matches then drag. Is that what you're saying? They they can, uh, and that's. That's part of it, I guess. But yeah, it just kind of comes to a halt because he's a, uh, you know, they're just they're just caught up in all these fucking submissions, and it's like, fucking. Can, can, can you please do something else to break this up? There was a match. I think I don't, I don't know if it was Derek versus Kenny Omega or something like during the year, but there was one in the second half of the year, I think, where I think it was those two and. He was, he did do, he did do more uh, other things, like to mix it up more, and therefore I kind of liked it more, but also what's funny is that a decent amount of that match, if I know, if I remember correctly, and there's a good chance I don't, <laughs> uh, I remember he was in a, this this match that I'm thinking of, um, 
where it was a, lot, a decent amount was on the outside of the ring as well. And he's not used to being out there and doing things out there. And you could tell not only because it's true, most time he's not, but also he's like, he just seemed kind of lost when he had to do something else outside the ring <laughs> to some extent. I don't know. So yeah, basically every reason that everyone else loves him is probably the same reason I don't like him that much. So, that's that. Now we go on to the They Grew On Me Award. <laughs> the first, and this is definitely a Matt's pick here, is Mako Satomura. Yep. Wait, what? She did? That's what, you, have that? that's what you put on here. Oh, I thought she'd be somewhere else. Uh, but anyways, uh, yep. Uh, I watched the Mae Young Classic this year completely from start to finish. And she hit me right off the, the bat as being one of the greats. And uh, she wasn't the only one, but uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> and uh, just her experience and just just fantastic matches uh, throughout the tournament. She lasted until the semifinals so and had... Pretty good match. Uh, I want to say the one with uh, I want to say it was with Mercedes Martinez uh, was the, uh, the probably her best match. Just, and and Martinez herself is actually really fun to watch uh, to an extent. So you can go was... into that one. Uh, that's the next one on this award. Oh, is it? Is Mercedes Martinez? Yes. Okay. Well, then I will. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean. Uh, she had an excellent match. Uh, Mercedes Martinez had an excellent match as well. Um, and I think it was in her first match. Uh, I want to say it was against um, Madison Rain. They didn't call her Madison Rain, or at least not Madison. They used Rain, but they didn't. Alyssa Rain or some shit weird. Um, but Allison, I think maybe. But uh, those two had a great match uh, as well, I believe. Uh, so yeah, her first round match and then her. One with uh, Mako, which was later on, which is really good. So The next one on this award is Minoru Suzuki. And this is definitely uh, for you. Yeah, definitely for me. Um, I liked him pretty much right away. but uh... I always uh, found it amusing. His, uh, his kind of just like, get off my lawn grandpa style. I don't know. <laughs> That's how I always, that's obviously doesn't really say what it is, but that's the only way I can explain it. <laughs> As I call him, ornery grandpa. Yeah, he's very ornery. His character very ornery. He's probably the nicest guy in the world to talk to, but in real life, but you know, as his character, he just comes off as ornery. <laughs> um, yeah, just, he has this, this hard-hitting style, and it's just a lot of fun. So. Uh, also, they grew on me. This would be my pick. Jay White. Uh, he came in as New Japan, as far as I know. Came back from the excursion that he had, like they like to do with the new guys. They send them away overseas, usually, to some other promotions. I don't know where he was, but I do know he came back. And he came back at the end of last, at the end of 2017 sometime. Maybe a power struggle that year. I don't know. And, uh, but, uh, at first, yeah, they were obviously clearly wanting to push him pretty hard right away because he already was, uh, his first match that I saw, which was just at the very first big show of the year, which is, uh, 
Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom 12, they they put he was in a match for the IC title against Tanahashi right away. So he didn't win, but uh, and but just like the whole year, he's been uh, been very highly booked to and pushed uh, for a lot of the time. He even was the uh, one who beat uh, he beat uh, Kenny Omega to take the U.S. title for a good amount of the year after uh, in around uh, I think it was February February or March something like that and uh, but it, it wasn't until like more recently that uh, that he really he actually uh, I finally grew to like him a lot more because thanks to the whole current uh, goings on with him now part of the Bullet Club and uh, with the, the him turning well with uh uh, Ghetto turning on uh, Okada. Okada, man, you know these things. These things better than I do somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that whole he'll turn from with uh, Ghetto and uh, joining uh, joining Jay White's side now is his manager. So it's definitely he's definitely booked for uh, the future of being like a top guy. I mean, it's pretty clear. Uh, so it's very interesting, and I, I like how he's he's been getting better at playing a heel over the years. So that's a big reason why I like him now uh, these days. Uh, my next one, Negromio Sonata. Um, a lot of the year he was with Evil, and he was tag champs with him, and he had a fantastic match at Dominion, but then again, who didn't have a fantastic match at Dominion? Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, which, by the way, is my uh, my uh, event of the year. So go watch that. Um, so he he's been a lot of fun, especially since he's been in a lot of more high profile singles matches and re- more recent times, and just uh, just getting behind his character a little more because he seems like a really disaffected kind of like you know you know loner kind of guy. He's like I don't care. You know, it's part of kind of part of that because he's part of you know. Los Angeles, so you know he's supposed to be like this cool guy who's like aloof and shit. So that's kind of how they all are in a lot of ways. Him especially. Uh, another they grow me is that Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch as a tag team. I've seen a lot of those two. Yeah, those those, are, those two are awesome. Yeah, last year when you weren't watching NXT, uh, they. They uh, had some good uh, rivalry and singles competition on the weekly show, and that's when I started liking them both a good amount. But uh, it was this year that they really solidified in my mind when they got put in the tag team and had those really good matches uh, for the tag titles and and other matches with them uh, earlier in the year before Lorcan got injured. Um, so. And I- recent match that uh, on NXT UK show where Pete Dunne defended the UK title against Danny Burch. Oh yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah, that was really good as well. So they've been a, they just, they're just no nonsense. Like, just like we, f- we fight, you know, those kind of guys. <laughs> That's what we do. So they are very hard hitting, strong style guys, I guess you could say. 
And my last two, I'm just going to group them together because they're basically for the same reason. Uh, and that is two comedy wrestlers in New Japan, uh, Toriano and Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, at first, I was like, whatever, mostly. Especially with Yano, because Yano's the more, the more comedy of the two, even though they both kind of do it a lot. Uh, but Yano's the whole shtick and just uh, uh, definitely grew on me over the year. And similar to Taguchi with his whole, I'm, you know, this whole spot of, you know, of directing the team to do their running into the corner to clothesline people and shit. As they go back around to do it again, he just like, you know, like he's some kind of like, you know, team captain or something <laughs> of like a sports team. And then this is their practice or whatever. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So that's that. And then we have personal favorite wrestlers of the year. Yeah. So, right off the top, we got Matt's boy Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. He's my favorite. He's been my favorite for a while now. <laughs> Pretty much ever since he won the 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 uh, UK title. So he's uh, so it's been 500 plus days of awesome. Indeed, I actually uh, I don't know if that was my first match I saw of them. I don't think it was. I think the first one was a little bit earlier than that between him and and Tyler Bate for the title. Uh-huh. Where I don't think he was successful, but then, yeah, then the one at Chicago, the takeoff Chicago last year, 2017, was uh, one of the best matches that year, and uh, I started liking him from there on, and uh, I haven't stopped. It's all oh, my love has only grown, grown since. Yeah, Pete Dunn, I haven't thought of anyone really wowing me. Since 2005, when Christopher Daniels was my favorite, mm-hmm. and before that, in '98, when Domino's Page was my favorite. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he does it for me. Let me tell you. So uh, you also, <laughs> uh, I think you're also mainly the person who put Tomohiro Ishii on this list. Yes, Stone Pimple, dude is fucking great. He's He's a squat little motherfucker that can go, and uh, it's just a lot of a lot of stuff he does. Just really hits that hard hitting smack style that I like. So yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty much how everyone would say if they're talking about him. So yeah, I don't need well, to add anything. Though he, you don't need to add nothing because he does it. He don't need nothing else. He does it right. That's you know right. He does it right. And he also definitely added uh, this one, uh, Rhea Ripley. Yes, Rhea Ripley, another. Uh, person i was introduced to, to watching the may young classic this year uh just her like when i first saw her in the first match i was like eh. i was like whatever you know i didn't think one way or the other about her but eventually she seemed to get more confident she actually seemed to get better as the tournament progressed to at the end i was like holding up the fucking i was doing the horns for the rockers and shit yeah she's awesome i love her uh, she she might do it for me as much as Pete Dunn does, I think. <laughs> it's a quick rise for her to do that because Pete Dunn didn't rise that quickly. <laughs> uh, my next one is my is my my pick for sure because it's my wrestler, the Kenny Omega, best oh. bout machine. See, see anyone who fucking talks shit about him, don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Can I talk shit about him a little bit? Though? You got something to say? I got something to say. Say it. Like 
I think he's awesome. Like, I like him. I like him in the ring. I like everything about him. And I know you've already tried to quell my complaints about what I'm about to mention, but I I just can't. I just can't help it. Like the the golden what's it the 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 knees he keeps doing what they call the, the V trigger. Yeah, the fact that he just does it over and over again. It's like it just reminds me of Brock Lesnar doing t- hundreds of F fives or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's just like no man, dude. That should be more special than that. It's like it just. It doesn't mean anything when everybody kicks out of them and you constantly do them and uh, it doesn't end anything. It's like, it just feels like you're just repeating the same old shit. It's not supposed to end anything, though, Matt. It's okay. Just a, it's not a finisher. It's just a signature move. Okay, but don't wear it out, is what I'm saying. I kind of agree with you, though. If, because if I, if I have a complaint with him, oh my God, I'm talking ill about my. Yeah, you complain about. <laughs> I just want to say real quick before you get into it. It reminds me of, like,. Okay, there was this, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying when I say Dean Ambrose does that lariat, lunatic lariat. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Okay. When I first saw it, I thought that's that's a cool way to deliver a, a clothesline, right? But it, but if you do it all the time, it gets less exciting, and you just go, you just roll in your eyes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And eventually, he got to a point where he started doing it like two or three times every match, and I was like, that's not fun anymore to watch. Like. Because, like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, wow. Because it looked like he was about to go through the ropes or some shit. But then he just, you know, bounced right back and shit. And I just, and, and I loved it. But but then he just did it just, like, just any time. It didn't make any sense. It was not a cool transition to an offensive move from something that you thought he was going to defend against. And it was just something he just did. And it was just boring. And it's like, I don't want to see it anymore. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the... That's why I'm kind of worried with Tyler Bate because he kind of has a similar, you know, that clothesline he does mm-hmm. off the ropes in yep. a really weird way. Um, that's awesome, too. And I fear that he might do that too much. So please don't. Please don't. But anyways, uh, your complaint? Well, no, it's just uh, I agree with you that Kenny Omega does do the feet triggers too much a lot of the time. Um, not, all, not every match. I do remember a few times that... Uh, they were much they were much more moderated and it was better for it so i don't disagree with that criticism i do think he does it a little too often uh needs to tone that shit down but but everything else uh yeah everything else i have no problem yeah he's got a great finish in other words what i got you to do is i got you to agree on a disagreement on a, on a on a detriment of his well i already i already kind of agree thought that anyway i'm not it's not something new new to think about for me <laughs> but uh He's got a great finisher. He's got lots of really good, uh, you know, named moves that are actually fun. Kintaro Crusher. Uh, <laughs> uh, a bunch of others, you know, things I can't think of right now off the top of my head. And, uh, you know, he's also been uh, one of my favorite uh, tag team wrestlers because of the Golden Lovers getting back together. So when he, they, so him and Kota Ibushi do do some tag team matches. It's always really good, and then they combine, you know, certain things among, from their singles uh, wrestling together to do some moves. So like instead of the V trigger, they have a finisher, double team finisher called the Golden Trigger because they do it the knee. But they they they, they combine basically the V trigger and the in uh, the uh, Katagoye, which is a the finisher of Kotibushi by himself 
and they just basically make a double team version of that and that's what they call it they also have a bunch of other ones like uh cross slash uh which is crossing each other in the ring and then jumping up on the top to do simultaneous moonsaults to people on on different corners outside the ring they also have the you cannot escape <laughs> which involves i think uh uh some kind of like a uh it's kind of like the dream valley driver but not it's not that it's like he does it going forward instead of to the side that's what kenny omega does to put him down and then he goes immediately up to do a moonsault off i believe and then Cody Bushi follows to do a, a similar, I think, same moonsault or something else. I don't know. Right. Okay. It's hard to keep it all straight. But anyway, he's really great. And then we have uh, the Undisputed Era is, you know, as a faction as a whole, is a love of mine. <laughs> the best faction in wrestling right now. Why is that, Why is that Mike? Because they're the what? Because they're the cool heels. <laughs> and I love me some cool heels. <laughs> you do. And every guy on that, every guy, all four guys are, well, less Bobby Fish because he hasn't been around and I haven't seen a ton of him. Uh, even when he was around a lot, you know, he was still my least favorite. Uh, but the other three, <laughs> Adam Cole, baby, is fun. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, but uh, Kyle Riley and Roderick Strong as the tag champs, amazing. And they, they basically made the tag the tag division the best division in NXT the, in 2018, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just, I love, I love all the backbreaker variations that Roderick Strong does. I don't Kyle, think that there's been anything remotely good tag team divisions in that company since 2002, 2003, when they initially separated the SmackDown Raw shows Mm -hmm. and created those titles where you had Eddie Guerrero and Chavo on one team. You had uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio on another. You had Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle on another team. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a good time, too. The... Edge and Christian, Dudley Boys, all that kind of stuff in there. That was a little before that. Yeah, maybe, but still, good. That era. was good they era. were more showy. They were well, yeah, they were good, but they were. And I love me some Hardy Boys back in the day, but I'm just saying that they were they were more of the uh, stunt based, whereas these these the six I mentioned were their matches during like 2002, 2003 were uh, in the 2004, I believe, were uh, were much more. The style of match, I guess you'd expect to see today from the, from the division you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and then also my personal favorite from the year, maybe yours too, the Velveteen mm. Dream. I love more experiences every day. I know, right? It's just mm-hmm. like the dude it's... is like just constantly proven every time he's out there. It's like just. He he knows how to do that character work, dude. More than anyone, I think. Yes. Uh, the thing about him is like as I've always mentioned, I need the character more than the match usually, and he kind of does both, and he definitely does the character really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just just his just it's always a talk of the town of 
oh, what's he going to wear at this takeover? You know, it's always that way. And that's yeah, always what we come yeah. out talking he, about. Yeah. He has a character and it has has set a precedent for his character to just be like, my wardrobe isn't set. I just do whatever I want. Right. And like some things do repeat once in a while, but but there's no guarantee that he's going to wear the same thing every t- all the time. So yeah. that's why that's part of why I like him as well, yeah. Along with the uh, you know, that he's already he's so young, but yet such a good wrestler. Yeah. Already. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I thought he was getting better and better. Because uh, I, I, I thought early on he was the story of, like, say, like, the his match with Aleister Black last year was uh, was really good. That was, the, I, that was the start of his him being a standout for me. Right, because mm-hmm. I felt that the reason most people got into that match was more the story, not not the match so much. Oh, yeah, but this match was good at the pay-per-view. Yeah, it was a good match, but he got better over time, definitely. Oh, yeah. Because, like, his match with Johnny Gargano on TV was really good. Yeah, it was. It's actually also on my list. Nice. So uh, also, uh, this one's uh, quite a earlier in the in the the reasons for this next person I'll be on here is for because of much earlier in the year, and that's Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, yeah, because he's been up on the main roster and then done shit. That's right. Perfect example of someone who lost didn't did it. He didn't know what he was doing. Then he got a little bit of a change. Suddenly, he's the best bout machine in XT. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a for shorthand, and then he goes up the main roster, and he ain't doing shit, so he ain't shit. So there you go. Yeah, but I'm just putting him on here for the strength of the matches of what remained in XT or in the early yeah. year, and because he did have that match against Gargano at the beginning of the year for the title that uh that uh good old Dave Meltz gave. Dave Meltz. <laughs> gave... Is that your nickname for him? Yeah, Dave Meltz, the Meltz. Uh, <laughs> he gave a he gave it a five stars. It's for it was supposedly his first five star WWE match in like I don't know six or five or six years uh, and up to that point. Yeah. So and I don't disagree with that because uh, that was a killer match and that's partly partly why he's on this list for sure. Uh, and the last one, Will Osprey. I haven't seen much of him of recent months because he's of injury or whatever, but because he was supposed to be at Power Struggle to take on my favorite Tai Chi, you know, <laughs> for the title. Her, but then was he injured somewhere else? And then I guess so. Yeah, I think so. That's uh, what happened. Hiroki Goto took his title back. Yeah, instead. yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, Goto. That is his title. There's no question. <laughs> he had he has monopolized that in 2018 like nobody's business like he he lost it one day to fucking like like a day or two to a fucking uh uh big mike uh who's big mike? uh michael elgin oh, okay uh he's <laughs> i can't help but, that i can't help but i have to say it that way because that's how it wasn't always this way this year but uh kevin kelly now whenever he's on a, a thing and Elgin comes out for an entrance. He always yeah. does that now. Oh, does he? Yes. At first, I was like, I heard him say it, and I was like, wait, who said that? What? Who said Big Mike like that? What? And then, and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And then, and then the next, uh, next time I see him in a match, come around, he does it again. And I'm like, where's that coming from? <laughs> and eventually, I'm like, 
oh, that's my that's Kevin Kelly constantly saying that every time he goes out. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Anyway, yeah, he had it for a day, basically. Uh, and then, you know, Goto just got it right back. Uh, and Goto had it, just had it pretty much almost the entire year. In fact, I think he originally won it at, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom off of Suzuki, owner of Grandpa. Oh. Uh, and uh, in a pretty damn uh, That'd make match. it pretty ordinary, let me tell you. Absolutely. So he he has had a stranglehold in that title, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a stronger match anyway to have him have him face uh, Osprey anyway. So. Oh, it would absolutely it would be. The only reason I wanted to see Will Osprey against uh, Tai Chi because it was most because I I feel like Will Osprey would have most certainly won it off him and and it would have just like crushed his face in and that would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's all for our awards for Space Suplex Podcast Awards 2018. <laughs> Don't you mean 2018? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me redo that. The Space Suplex Podcast Awards 2018. <laughs> all right, so guys, that'll do it for us. Uh, um, we'll catch you next time on the Space Suplex Podcast. When we revisit, uh, whenever that is. Um, I'm suspecting uh, we'll see you in 2019. Yeah, probably. I don't plan on seeing any other uh, uh, wrestling events this year, except watching NXT weekly shows. So So unless we got some random amazing show. Yeah. I guess. Um, probably not until, what is it, uh Ju- uh, January 4th? January, January 4th. January, well, probably January 5th or 6th, because... Uh, because the Wrestle Kingdom 13 will be on the 4th, and their New Year's Dash uh, Corken Hall event is always on the 5th. So, probably on the 6th, maybe. Somewhere around there. Alright, so that sounds good. Um, so, anyways, you know, as always, you can catch uh, the uh, post for this at heartarchive.wordpress.com at Space Suplex on Twitter. Um, Mike and his uh, wonderfulness can be found at Usagi704 on Twitter and just about everywhere else except for uh, Instagram, which is an underscore in there. So Usagi underscore 704. Mm-hmm. And um, you can catch his wonderful, amazing picks and uh, predictions and star ratings over on his WordPress blog. It's, uh, it's Usagi704.wordpress.com. And uh, that'll do it. See you next time.